Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople, I wanted to announce that I will no longer be hosting the Hey Salespeople podcast as I've decided to pursue a new opportunity. But I did want to take a moment to express how much I've enjoyed hosting the show. It's truly been a joy, and I often use the show to interview talented guests to help solve revenue strategy and operations problems that I myself was dealing with. And I hope as listeners, you were able to get some takeaways too. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of this. And now on to today's episode. Hey, salespeople. Today, we're excited to welcome Rich Park back to the podcast. Welcome, Rich. Hi there. It's great to be here again. Rich is the Vice President of Commercial Sales at ThoughtSpot, the modern analytics cloud company dedicated to creating a more fact-driven world through an easy-to-use analytics platform. So if you are a long-term listener of Hey Salespeople, you may have heard Rich's episode back in 2019, really focusing on you know, how to survive and thrive on the front line as a frontline manager, as a frontline sales rep, and you know, really, really excited to have him back here my first time speaking with you, Rich. So we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. I would love to hear just any thoughts that you have on how things have really changed since last time we spoke to you. So with the pandemic, with the great resignation, with all of these pieces that we didn't have back in 2019. Yeah. I mean, obviously the world is is quite different. There are world events. There are you know, things happening around the world. Now, folks uh, who graduated college uh, around the time of the pandemic, I mean, they've been in the work world or, or doing something for a couple of years now. Certainly among the things that have, that's changed, at least in the sales profession, right? People are a lot more used to technology, right? Using, using video and engaging remotely. And I think people are also used to uh, being a lot more distributed. Most sales teams, certainly if you were earlier in a middle part of your career, you spent time on a, on a sales floor. I mean, literally with a group of people and, you know, Nerf guns and telephones ringing. Um, that's not so much the case anymore. And I think the, you know, the challenge for a salesperson certainly ramping up most of the time is going to be in their apartment or their homes or for managers who are distributed. I mean, those, those are realities, realities of managing and helping coach and, and drive performance these days. So I think a lot's changed. A lot's changed for first-line managers, but I think more importantly for, for the individual salesperson and you know, the environment that they find themselves in as you know, an employee of a, of a company trying to you know, preserve a culture and drive values and engage customers. So it's, it's, a, it's a very different world that we find ourselves in now. Yeah, for sure. And I meant to ask this before we even started, but speaking of the pandemic, <laughs> is there a particular hobby that you've picked up in this time as well that, you know, while you're sitting at home, maybe something that you didn't necessarily do before? <laughs> yeah. I mean, among other things, like maybe not eating so well the first, you know, year and having a lot of different Zoom happy hours and things like that, you know, through the pandemic, I, I, I think I evolved a bit. I found a lot more time to to do more research online. I discovered things like being able to to find and actually listen to a lot more sites where you can learn things, right? Whether it was, you know, LinkedIn learning or if it was, you know, 
an academy class or, you know, there are a number of different platforms out there where you can learn things. And I found that subscribing to them and actually being able to, to take the time to do that was fantastic. I think that all kind of really goes hand in hand with what you were saying too about sales, right? And everyone learning to navigate things in a remote workspace and learning and resourcing and all of these different pieces that really kind of help make a rep be a good rep and a leader be a good leader and really help us navigate this new world. Uh, So I know that with that and with post-pandemic, we really did see, you know, what everyone's calling the great resignation. And I know everybody's talking about this today. A symptom of that is that people are really trying to advance their careers. They're trying to find the right careers, find the right roles, find the right path for them. And it it goes really in line with what you spoke about last time, pre-pandemic, on what is the best path forward. Um, So what's top of mind for you as you kind of think about this new world and how to navigate that and how to grow in in sales leadership? I think um, phenomenons and, and, and movements like the Great Resignation if you're a hiring manager, you know, you work in HR or, you know, you're the leader of a, of a sales organization, you have to look at what's been driving that. A lot of the data that I've seen, certainly during the last several months, you know, the last eight or nine months, the majority of those resignations, you know, within a fairly early to mid-stage demographic, it's the folks I mentioned, you know, earlier who are few, maybe a few years out of college, they've kind of entered the working world in this strange, you know, pandemic. When you listen, when you listen to what people are saying about, you know, reasons for leaving employers, it's interesting how some of the dialogue is around, you know, pay and benefits and wanting to be given, you know, fair labor rates and wages for jobs. You're starting to see a lot more of the of the voices, you know, focused on on what people expect and should get. We find that people are are not getting learning. They're not getting development opportunities. They're not getting opportunities to to grow. I think it speaks to, in many ways, companies have have focused a lot on, you know, maybe growth and development for the sake of sort of the bottom line, just to kind of give some some lip speak to to sort of training and courses and other things that people need. We're seeing a lot of people walk from jobs. And it isn't just because they're not making enough. I mean, there is always, you know, some disparities and people surely have lots of different reasons for leaving. But I think, you know, and certainly the the experiences I've had where I've asked people who in the last few months have left somewhere, you know, out of the maybe 10 to dozen people that I've asked in, in my own professional network, none of them have said it was due to pay. They've used the words like a, a toxic environment. And, and I even go, well, aren't you all working remotely? You're not even in the office anymore. People are like, no, you should just hear how people email each other. You should hear how leaders don't engage. They talk about culture. They talk about lack of learning and focus and growth. And then, you know, the favorite one I, I hear often is, you know, just a really bad manager, a bad manager. So, you know, when I hear things like, like the great resignation, you know, I, I think it's really more like the great decision and it's, it's the great decision to, to understand that, you know, making the decision to give, you know, eight to 12 hours a day to an organization, people in these last few years just expect more. They expect to work somewhere where they believe in what they're doing. And certainly with, 
you know, leaders and, and people in the company that believe in them. Until we start to see more of that, I think we're going to see the numbers continue where people will walk and they will make decisions to identify and align themselves with organizations that meet their values or at least somewhat match the values they have internally, give them a fair wage and also give them more than just a paycheck, right? The ability to learn and grow and to mentor and all those things that, you know, we, we think about, right? In great companies that we've been at. I mean, some of the best places I've ever been didn't pay me as much, but they had phenomenal other people that I looked up to, that I learned something from. And, you know, in the years where I had opportunities to leave a company, I stayed because I had a leader, a mentor. I had, a, I had something there that, you know, made me really feel like the company was a great place. It was a great place to believe in. That's something I would pinpoint that that's missing. And so aside from pay, I mean, um, people want to find, again, organizations that they, they align with. I like that better than the Great Resignation, so I'm going to probably start using that if you don't mind. Um, I think we're seeing also managing in a remote space is probably more difficult as a sales leader, as any type of manager. What are some things that you're seeing that are successful? This is an important one, I think, for for the, especially for the team leads and first line and second line managers listening. It's really difficult to create, you know, a culture around accountability. Sales is, a, is, a, is an amazing profession. When we've gone remote, um, so much of that is lost. There's no surprise that there's been this surge in software that tracks employees and tracks keystrokes and um, monitors, uh, you know, activity for employees and creates data that no matter how you shroud it, no matter, no matter how you package it, an employee is going to see that that software is there to see if they're working or not. You know, no matter how you spin it, that's the perception. And I think number one, you know, what I've seen work is just acknowledging that you need to create accountability and being transparent with your sales team and with each other and saying, you know, we're, we're an output driven place. We care about what you do, the activities you do. We're going to be activity driven. You have metrics, you have things, and here's why the metrics matter. They're not to make sure that you work. They're to make sure that we, the sales organization, create the output we need, which is hitting the number and creating revenue outcomes and revenue things that, that occur for the company. And I don't think enough managers, you know, kind of start there. They sort of um, take on a, a more supervisor mindset. And ask employees in one-on-ones things like, where were you at two o'clock on Thursday? Why weren't you logged in at two o'clock? I think those conversations are, are very disempowering and they become rooted in sort of an implied, I don't trust you. And two, what I've seen really, really work is managers spending a heck of a lot more time with their reps. No, no more, you know, half hour one-on-ones once a week are working. They're not working. And the managers who spend an hour or more with their best reps and taking that time, it's it's using things like coaching time and increasing that per employee, making the effort to take that time actually has a a multiplicative effect. The the reps then know they want to behave and they want to do things to get that time and they want to make that time mean something. 
And every sales team that I've talked to who in the last, you know, 18 months to 24 months, sales teams that have actually been doing well during the pandemic, either they've got a phenomenal product that everybody wants, or I'm hearing over and over that they change their management cadence and that they've empowered managers to spend more time, have slightly smaller teams and really, really dig in on, on personalized coaching, which just takes time. And that's improving retention at some of these companies. Managers are, are learning a lot more about the employee and they're learning about deals that they're working on and they're learning about specific challenges. And they're, they're much more in tune with sort of the rhythm of that rep's way of working. Um, so that, that's, that's the real big thing that I've seen. And unfortunately, you know, it, it's a, more of a burden on managers. You do have to spend more time. What would you say are some of the trade-offs then? If you're spending 40% more time with your individual reps, what are the trade-offs as a sales manager that you are making in order to create that time? Well, the big one is that manager, director, whoever they are that's managing the team, they have to communicate internally that they can't be on as many internal meetings. Internal meetings are, they're useful and we need them, right? I mean, we can't turn all of them away, but the trade-off, the number one trade-off I see with first-line managers who are succeeding and spending more time with their reps, they are negotiating weekly, daily with internal stakeholders to shorten meetings, to involve them in less, and to give them the time and the bandwidth to be able to coach their team for performance. Uh, I, had, I had one manager who I, I've mentored for a number of years tell me, that she had to recently ask uh, one of the departments who always puts hour-long meetings on our calendar to just try to shorten it to just 30. The other big trade-off, unfortunately, for managers who want to spend more time with their reps, they have to decide to, in some ways, limit and be judicious about the time across the team. I always say, spend the majority of your time with your best performers. Our, our top reps oftentimes you know, require the most attention and care and feeding, and you need to invest that there. So your trade-off really is the time for reps that are possibly identified as poor performers. You're going to need help across the organization. You're going to need help from other teams to, to help in that respect. But you, you have to trade off that time. You can't give everyone equal weight and equal footing. You've got to economize and spend time where you're going to have the most impact across your teams. And I think the last area that's a trade-off is, is just customer-facing time. You're going to have to somehow figure out that you can't be on every single call with every time, you know, customer has an escalation or anytime, you know, you need to step in and show that leadership supports and sponsors this opportunity. You've got to make those decisions as a manager. I mean, what, what advice would you give to a rep in order to, you know, grow with this new management style and maybe even kind of coach upwards on how they need, what they need from their manager? I find that. One of the hardest things for people, perhaps in the first five to six years of their career, is really speaking up about what it is that they need. They don't know how to communicate what they need from a manager. They just feel a little bit shy about it or a little intimidated, or they just don't know how to ask. My biggest advice to every rep out there is think it through and figure out what you need to learn and to be a phenomenal, fantastic salesperson. If you don't know where to start, you know, look around at what some of the best reps do. Take them out to lunch or, or get a Zoom call with them if they're remote, but 
great reps, especially senior reps, reps that are in your company who are doing really well, most of them really appreciate when a more junior, more early stage rep reaches out and asks for advice and guidance and mentorship. Um, You'd be surprised. That's a great starting place for you to then figure out if you're a rep, what you may need to develop. Ask them, you know, how do they plan their calls? How do they plan their meetings? What training did they get? How do they uh, negotiate? How do they ask for things in there internally to get deals done, right? Come up with a bunch of questions. You'll then begin to understand where your own gaps and needs are and present that to your manager and pick, pick three things, three things, pick three things that you want to work on and that you need from your manager and a good manager will realize maybe they can't get you all those things themselves, but they'll find ways for you to do them. And it's a great, it's a great thing to practice asking for what it is you need. Be ferocious about your learning and demand from the organization that they provide those opportunities or else, you know, you're going to miss a step. And then the next bit of advice for a salesperson sort of in this kind of environment we're all in now Pick three mentors, not in your own company, somewhere, second degree, some association to to people that you know. Maybe they're connected to your boss. Maybe they're connected to one of the executives in your company and reach out to them. People are so tired of, of sort of being sold to in LinkedIn, right? They respond to just good old fashioned requests to connect and network. I've seen it work. So pick mentors. And, you know, prepare for really good opportunities to interview them. If we don't ask and we don't seek that learning, we're going to be stagnant and we'll, we'll never get the things that we need to kind of progress through those, those stages of, of learning. Yeah, I love that. I think it also speaks to just the general theme of accountability, not only accountability to hit your number, but accountability as a rep to really grow yourself, right? And figure out what you need because your manager is not always going to be able to tell you this is exactly what you need to do to get that promotion. You need to kind of figure out what you want to do and how to get there and use other resources because your manager, even if they're a great manager, they might not have all the answers for what you specifically need. So I think that was really powerful and also tied into the overall accountability theme. Um, You mentioned a lot of, you know, looking outside the company for resources. I know there's a million sales books, a million books that are related to sales or, podcasts, blogs, webinars, all those kinds of things. How do you navigate finding sources of learning and resources to kind of advance knowledge of whether it's yourself or something that you're recommending to others? At some point, right, this doesn't just apply to, to sales. I think it applies to any, any discipline, you know, department, area of learning, right? Whether you want to be a great engineer or, you know, you want to be the best marketer the world's ever seen or a salesperson, you get to a point where as you are learning, and if you're one of those individuals that gets really excited about learning and growing, and you like to dig in, and you like to really learn a craft and master it, if you like that about sales, and you have a hunger and a thirst for that, there comes a a point in, in your sales career where you begin to realize that the skills and the learning and everything necessary to be an outstanding sales professional are similar to the things that you need to have, qualities and attributes 
behaviors to be a great leader. There's been such a push about, you know, being a great listener, right? Being a consultative salesperson and being a great listener, you begin to kind of really dig into something and you find that oftentimes what these methodologies and these things teach about being like a fantastic salesperson in some ways are kind of like common sense things like the golden rule. In some ways, they, they're kind of making people want to just sort of be better humans in general versus just be better salespeople. And I say that because now when I recommend books for people or when I recommend learning paths for people, I look at the individual that I'm recommending something to and I actually offer them or I challenge them to read two books, a sales book and a book on how to actually have more peace, more equanimity, to be a lot more reflective. I recommend um, The Mountain Is You, uh, which is a, a book about how people self-sabotage themselves. And many, many sales professionals, leaders, managers, we've all done it. And then I give them that book and then I say, and then I want you to read this book, which is Impact Players. And it talks about how to, how to have an impact and how to just be able to maximize what you're doing in companies. When I've given people both of those books, and I've said to read them, they read the self-sabotage one first, and then they read, you know, how to be an impact player. And you tend to find this, this convergence of ideation and self-reflection. And I've had people tell me, Rich, I'm so glad, you know, you, you gave me both of those books. I've realized that I've been, this is a true story. This, this is a, a mentee said, Rich, I realize that I've just been steamrolling my way for promotions regardless of like the impact that I have. And it's so evident that I just want to get all the way to the top. I don't realize how much I sort of sabotage like relationships. I sabotage my success. And now I know that I could never have an impact in, in my team and in my company and my community, everything with my customers, unless I really, you know, took a hard look, a hard look at how I'm, how I'm operating and the way I am and how I come off to people. And I found that that was, I mean, for me as, as, a, as a mentor, I found that to be just profound that, you know, we can learn that. We can learn that from books and individuals can be better at what they're doing. That idea of, of being a great, whole, genuine person makes for a fantastic person to buy from. You know, as we wrap it up, I would just love to know what is the one piece of advice that you would give somebody looking to grow in their career? You know, like what is final words for um, a rep in these times that is looking to advance and maybe trying to figure out that next search and what's next, whether that's in their own company or somewhere else? The one thing I'd like to to offer to folks out there listening is to, to really, really, if you've sort of lost your thirst for learning, you know, re- rekindle that fire. Find something about what you're doing, what you're interested in. If it's not the sales profession, I, I would hope that it is because you're listening to this podcast. But if it's something else out there that really, really lights you up, learn everything you can about it. Figure, figure things out and really, really dive in and find what is of absolute interest and a passion to you. And dig into that with everything you have. I, I was lucky enough. I, I love the sales profession. And there's always something to learn. If that is something for you, 
be a student of it. In fact, be the most hungry for learning student you could have ever been. Because believe me, there is so much information and so much to learn and delight in about the sales profession. And then again, about being a leader and being a sales, uh, a sales manager and sales executive. Um, but dig in. If you're out there, you're listening, obviously you care about learning because you're listening to this podcast, but find something and be really good at it and figure out a way to learn everything. I used to tell early salespeople when I first started you know, managing and leading large teams, if you, if you don't yet know what it is, how about you pick something to be really good at? Be the best, best prospector in our company. Be the very best at you know, managing accounts and driving renewals and creating conversations and spaces for customers to build trust with the brand and with the company. Find something. Be the best at, at our tools. Be the best at researching companies. Be the very best at you know, working and managing internal projects with ops and with marketing and other stakeholders. But find something and dig in. Dig in with everything you've got. Um, you will find that your working hours and just your overall uh, ability to, to be happy and satisfied and even maybe even find the next path for you is that much clearer. But that's what I would recommend is for people to really dig in and find something they're passionate about and to, to seek without any hesitation the ability to learn everything you can about it. That's great advice. So um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, is there a way that you would want them to get in touch with you? or? You know, I'm, I'm pretty responsive for the most part on, on LinkedIn, right? You can find me there. Happy to connect. Happy to, to chat with folks, right? especially if it's about learning, if it's about sales and advancing careers. So that's uh, what I'm, I'm personally very passionate about. Great. Maybe you'll be one of somebody's three external mentors. <laughs> I'm sure you already are for a few. Um, thank you so much, Rich. It was great having you on again. Jenna, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast. 